0: Alright, all right, all right. we in this bitch man Episode, what's this, 146? Episode 140 fucking 6 P. <laughs> on the ground 200 man It's your boy OG motherfucking me Hashed in line between genius and insane That's why you here right? <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna hold you man Let's go ahead and get right into it Welcome to Raw OG Hatch you, you know the fuck that nigga Play on me man DJ, hit me Whoa, whoa, yeah, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. <laughs> it's been a minute, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, sir, what's poppin' with y'all, man? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of The Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity Pocket, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee, No. Spin the block, man. For the bitches, nigga. Come on. For bitches, nigga. I forget. For the bitches, nigga. I got my freaky man, team. For the bitches, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know your boy is the fly, is high, is cool, is smooth, is host more OG. Oh, hey, gee! Hash, me the fuck it is. so what's up with y'all? Hopefully I looking good, feeling good, staying safe. There's a whole lot going on in these trenches, man. I tell you that each and every episode. I want to shout out to everybody around the world, you know what I'm saying? We're global with it. Don't oh, you get enough. We're global with it. <laughs> the numbers is going up, my nigga. We're global. <laughs> I want to shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped and Join the conversation. Man. I truly appreciate all love and support, man. Let's keep building empire brick by motherfucking me brick. Merch is still coming soon. I didn't forget about you. <laughs> everybody calm down. The DMs don't need to keep flooding in. I got you. <laughs> Trust and believe. I got you. <laughs> Um, this is episode 146, man. The grind don't stop. We're to grind 200 minutes. Shit don't stop for a motherfucking me. So just um, a whole lot I want to get into on this document. Um, I missed um, a Thursday's episode. I took a week off since last episode between 145 and 146, um, just simply because I wanted to take a few days to kind of get my mind back right, man. I kind of fight in the last five to six weeks, maybe. A uh, month, month and a half, maybe two months. I kind of fell off the whole visual promotion of the podcast. Um, of course the visuals still go up on YouTube and things of that nature. Um, but I stopped putting clips out on TikTok and putting clips out on Instagram and social media and stuff like that. Um, I kind of let the TikTok, I kind of let TikTok, you know what I'm saying? The, the shadow band on TikTok kind of win the, the battle type shit. So I just started focusing more and letting the audio build, those numbers keep going scott motherfucking me high. So I got I kind of kind of got content with it, you know what I'm saying? Um so I want to make sure I took a couple of days just to make sure I, sh- I snap back into shape. Um, and we're gonna, you know what I'm saying, amplify the motherfucking me um visual, uh the clips and things of that nature. We're gonna try to attack TikTok in a different fashion. Um, I'm gonna try to eliminate all curse words if I can throughout the clips. Um, maybe, and we'll see how that, that helps build the podcast and the platform as well. Um, but I'm here now, my nigga. <laughs> the past is the past, right? <laughs> Let me shine. Um, it's a whole lot of motherfucking me documents. Let's go ahead and get right into it, man. Episode one hundred and forty, motherfucking me six B. Um, you know, you know, I'm a content creator, right? <laughs> you know, I come on this podcast time and time again and talked about how being a content creator is like that's like everybody's everybody's doing it type. Everybody has an iPhone, a smartphone. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, everybody's doing, everybody's vlogging this, vlogging that, capturing this, capturing that, you know, editing the fuck out their pictures. Like, everybody's creating some type of content in one way or another. My form of content is this podcast. I don't really do the social media shit for real. So it's like, if you really want to hear from me, you got to listen to my show type shit. And I appreciate that because that mean motherfuckers really want to fuck with your boy. But we all understand the aspects of social media to where it's like, we see social media and social media is, um, Social media is is a glimpse into everyone's best moments type shit. So everybody thinks that they they competing with everybody's best moment. You can think somebody on social media is balling. You can think that's the baddest bitch in the world and that she out your lead. But in reality, she living with her mom. In reality, she got baby daddy issues. In reality, this bitch truly ain't shit. But a picture, (laughs) a picture can say a thousand words and it's up to the person to decipher which words they truly want to see. So, when it comes to being, it's, it's almost the same thing with being a content creator. A content creator, it's the fake side of being a content creator is when you look at a content creator and you think everybody's living this, this, this glammy ass life. Everybody's living this popping ass life. People that be vlogging and shit, you'll look at all their vlogs and you'll see they're going on all these daily adventures and shit like that. That shit don't be real, man. man. The content, being a content creator, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it gets off a falsehood that you everybody's balling. People don't explain the broke side of being a content creator. People only see the people that go viral and shit like that. You ever just peep game on the people that be trying to go viral and it don't work? And we all see the girls who be showing they I know so many girls on social media that be dropping their OnlyFans pictures, them playing with their pussy and shit, and it gets no retweets. Nobody sub until they OnlyFans. And I, and I, I kind of, I, of course, as prostitution... <laughs> OnlyFans is prostitution, but in 2023, it's content creation. <laughs> like, wow! We just gotta keep it buck. I know countless of women who do that. I know countless of people who do podcasts like myself. I can tell. I'll be the first to tell you, bro. I'm not making no money off this shit. Have I seen money come in? Absolutely. But have I made money to pay a bills, pay some bills in this motherfucker? Fuck no. Can I quit my job and just? For the folks, fuck no. I will be homeless, nigga. <laughs> I will be fucked up. There is no money with this shit until you reach certain levels, until you get certain brand deals and ads and shit like that. That's where the money comes in. But being a content creator, if you just looked at people's social media feed, if you just looked at my 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 um my attitude on video, if you just seen how people are on con- on their videos and their content. You would think their lifestyle is something totally different. Being a content creator, bro, you literally have to fake this shit till you make this shit. That's truly the the, the, the steps into making it and being a content creator. You have to fake this shit. You have to give the people that's watching something to want to see. They want to. They want to believe that you live in a certain lifestyle. It's the same thing with social media, bro. Social media and content creation is literally the same fucking thing. The more the bigger the fake, the more people gonna watch it. You gotta fake this shit till you make it, but I think a lot of times when people think about being a content creator, they don't know about that side of things. They only know about the going viral aspect. I know chicks that go viral. I, I know chicks that go straight viral, body straight body and like a motherfucker. Don't, but no, I watch all their videos on mute. Don't know what the fuck they talking about. I'm looking at straight thighs, my nigga. Like that's that's what I'm into. <laughs> that's what I'm viewing it for, and that's what the other ninety thousand niggas that's looking at you is thinking. So they not listening to what you said. But you're going viral, you're getting what you wanted. But I know other girls who's doing that same shit, nobody's paying attention. I'm looking at that shit and scrolling right past. Oh, that's her pussy. Damn, she tied it right there. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's a it's a game you have to play. Everybody wants to be the one that goes viral, but a lot of people don't want to fake it till they make it type shit. That shit takes a lot of motherfucking me pride, dignity out of you. I tell you that much. <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk. Um, but moving on. You know, I want to get into the cost of living is damn near deadly, fam. You know, I've come on this podcast time and time again, told you about living check-to-check check and things of that nature, told you about the reports that I've seen that nearly, uh, what was it? It was 80%. I think they said 80%, was it 90%? It was between 80 and 90% of Americans are living check-to-check. Check. And I would be thinking, and I be thinking like, because you know, we all be struggling from time to time. Like, let's not act like we... We all got it like that. And if you're not struggling in 2023 from time to time, you, 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 you Tony Ayo or something. You moving bricks. <laughs> you doing the damn thing. If inflation ain't hit you, if inflation ain't fucked you up, you an anomaly, my nigga. I'm be honest with you. Before inflation, I was balling, my nigga. Cruises, vacations every year, all that shit. Inflation came through? No. <laughs> I haven't bought a plane ticket yet. Bitch, I got a dog. <laughs> a dog ain't never been that much. I wanna put her on my taxes, my nigga. <laughs> that dog food, you need, motherfucker need dog food. Every time I'm broke as a motherfucker. So if inflation ain't really impact you, bro, you're a lucky motherfucker. But the cost of living in 2023 is fucking crazy, my nigga. You know, I wanna I came across this clip that I wanna play for y'all, but I also came across this um, This stat that I want to read for y'all. This stat says that nearly four, nearly four and in 10 Americans lack to have $400 for emergency, says the new federal survey. Think about that. Nearly four out of every 10 people don't even have $400 in case of emergency. Like, when you hear that, you're like, man, what the fuck? 400? Niggas ain't got 400. But then I had to sit back and think. You know how many times I didn't have an extra 400? You know how you know how you know how motherfucking me good it feel to have an extra four hundred. Now now motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers is having a little bit, but it it wasn't that too far too long ago where I didn't have an extra four We're talking about months ago, nigga. I used to be good with saving. Inflation hit. That shit that was in savings had to go on to what the fuck I needed for. But to see a stat that nearly 80 or 90% of, of Americans are living check to chat, to see stats that nearly four out of every 10 Americans don't even have $400 in case of an emergency, I feel that shit. The cost of living is fucking dramatic, bro. Listen to this clip I found for you.
1: $1 million, 1993, today is now $2,070,000 inflation in five years will probably devalue half of everyone's money listening to this in their 401ks, IRAs, and their soft saving accounts. Um, Like right now, the world is a wreck and their only solution to the devaluation is they're going to have to work harder. Over the last 20 years, 2002 to 2022, salaries have increased 27%, but the cost of a home has gone up 148%. In other words, like our cost of living in lifestyles is not keeping up. Average person drives a $60,000 a year car that has a $50,000 a year salary with over a hundred thousand dollars a student debt. 60% of America living check to check. We have a problem and being busy is not the solution and getting another job is not the solution. You have to graduate and develop more of the Gen Z millennial mind that says there's got to be a smarter way. It can't be the immigrant way of just work harder because there is something to say for hard work. But if it's not smart enough hard work, then it's stupid work. It's dumb work. And there's a lot of financial idiots out there that have just not gotten the self.
0: <clears throat> now you hear that clip. That explains the state of the world right now. Everybody's scrambling, my nigga. Everybody's struggling, my nigga. Like I was literally just at a dispensary. You know what I'm saying? Copping some weed. <laughs> of course, copping some fucking tree. And they was talking about, you know, they're hiring and stuff like that. I was thinking like, I should get a part-time at a dispensary. Like, he's like, yeah, motherfuckers, can, you can be good right now. But if you look down the line and you see the income that's going to be coming in, and you see the things that you got to pay for down the line, and you see how inflation is really fucking with niggas, it's tapping ta- niggas pocket-checking niggas on some Debo shit, it wouldn't hurt for me to get a part-time job. But as you heard, bro, just say, bro, working harder is not the answer to solving this shit. Everyone is an immigrant now, and I'm not trying. You know, what I'm saying diss the immigrants and shit like that. Everyone's a fucking immigrant now. I have an immigrant's mentality now. Everyone's in a I have to work hard or work hard to survive type shit. But when you look at the cost of living, and you look at what everybody the, the, how we living now, and 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 what we are getting paid, it's never gonna add up. The cost of living is never gonna add up to what you're getting paid from these from these uh, from these jobs, bro. It's never going to add the fuck up. You got cars. You got groceries. You got motherfucking me bills. You got all that shit. Everything is is sky high, bro. Nigga said a billion dollars. A billion dollars is today is now 2.7 million, bro. Hey, listen to this shit again. What did he say? A
1: billion dollars in 1993.
0: A billion dollars in 1993. Today is 2.7 million. fam. A billion dollars in 1993. Thirty years ago, today is two point seven million, fam. That's fucking nuts. That's nuts. Wow. And it's only gonna keep. It's only gonna keep going in that in that direction, fam. It's only gonna keep going in that direction. Every time I tap in with somebody, you know, somebody from the past, you know, somebody you kind of fell off with. Every time I tap back in with them, see how they're doing. They all say the same thing: <sighs> struggling, just. I ain't down bad, but just trying to, you know what I'm saying, keep a flow. Everybody's saying the same thing, and I've never been in a more understanding state of mind. Everybody's saying the same shit. The only thing that I'm saying different from everybody else is I'm just in a good good state of mind. I'm I'm going through the same shit everybody else is going through, but now I'm just comfortable knowing I'm going through the same shit. I found comfort in knowing I'm not the only person that's literally struggling out here. Like, a lot of times, motherfuckers be struggling. Have you ever noticed, bro, motherfuckers used to be struggling and keep that shit in? Now, motherfuckers around the country is like, yo, <laughs> where's the next round of the STEMI? Wow. <laughs> where's the motherfucking STEMI, my nigga? Like, I, I, this shit is ridiculous, bro. And I know it's a lot more shit we're going to get into on, on this on this document, on this episode stuff like that. But I always wanted to make sure I tapped in with people with the friends of the show and let them know, like, bro, you ain't the only nigga struggling. We gotta stop looking at these celebrities, man. We have to stop looking at these celebrities and looking at their lifestyle and seeing the money that they playing with and, and, and having that impact us psychologically. It's hard for me to even do it. Nigga, my favorite rapper is 50 Cent. You know how much money 50 Cent just be throwing around? You, you, nigga, I see if I follow Floyd man. Well, you don't know how much money Floyd just be throwing around. It takes a lot for that shit not to impact you psychologically when you fucking when you struggling. When well, nigga you you paying your bills and you just, whew, all right now I'm just been sitting my ass down instead of going to the club, th- going crazy with the bottles and bitches and shit like that. When you seeing niggas doing that shit on social media, it's, we gotta stop letting that shit impact us, bro. Because that that shit uh, that make us think we the only motherfuckers that's down bad. When it's not, you gotta stop thinking you the only person that's fucked up there. That should that should stop a lot of the fucked up thinking we do about ourselves. It really would. Um, but moving on, man. You know I was born nineteen ninety five right when i was when I was growing up, if you were to ask me what do I think the male image was like a strong black man was, I would say, you know who I would say just a, a a normal like a Morris chestnut Shamar Moore." You know what I'm saying? Like, them niggas that the women was loving on TV, we, I just viewed them as like, okay, them the strong, them them the, them the good looking, strong black niggas. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you look at it, when I think of a strong black man or I think about the male image when I was growing up, it was, of course, it was it was a lot of gangster shit, a lot of, a lot of immature shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of lot of hood shit. A lot of, you know what I'm saying? That I remember growing up and, 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 and my teachers and stuff used to be mad at me. I used to call my house the crib. But do y'all remember that when teachers be mad, when you call the house the crib, and I remember like the older men used to come to me and look at me and be like, that's, "That's that's that's a that's an immature mindset. That's never when you when you grow up. Imagine a grown man calling his house the crib. That's a man that stuck living with his mom. They took that baby boy shit too literal. Like them niggas seen the movie Baby Boy and thought that every black man in America was just applying their life to that shit. Too motherfucking me literal." But the male image has totally changed from what it was when I was growing up to what it is now. The male image in 2023 is very motherfucking sassy, and I don't know if that's a if that's a nod to you know I'm saying to to the to the um um improvement or of 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 social you know social um, social relations or the decline of motherfucking male masculinity. I don't know what it is. Because I, I, I remember growing up and people seeing a clear divide in between, you know, I'm saying masculine men um, and feminine men. I, I, I seen that divide. I know niggas. I got cousins who was real feminine, who later down the line came out to be gay. But they was very feminine. We all know feminine niggas. I knew feminine niggas who wasn't gay. I went to school with them niggas. Feminine ass niggas who just wasn't gay. Well, at that time, they wasn't. I don't know what them niggas doing now. They probably sucking and fucking niggas. But at that time, they had girlfriends and shit. And I seen the divide that niggas who football, 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 how they treated the family. And I seen it. I seen it with my own two eyes. So now that I got old and I started to see that those two sides were starting to mesh. Like I said, for instance, in hip hop, you got the Young Thugs. You got the little Uzis. Yeah, Uzi's. You had the Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was feminine as fuck for that for back then. Lil Wayne kissed a nigga. Lil Wayne was wearing skinny jeans. Lil Wayne was doing that rock star shit. Even for back then, Lil Wayne was deemed a sassy nigga. It was just my generation. We was choosing to ignore him kissing the old nigga. We was ignoring the shit. But when you look at the image of a male in 2023, all these niggas are sassy. All the niggas that's claiming to be gangster who got bodies and all that shit, these niggas is pretty sassy. These niggas is, is you you could mistake these guys for being gay. I'ma just keep it a buck with you. I ain't trying to shill nobody. I ain't trying to condemn nobody for what they're doing, what they're doing in their bed. It's not my business. But when you talk about the male image in 2023, you can't tell me it's a masculine image. You can't. It's too many dudes with their fingernails polished. It's too many dudes with purses. It's too many dudes who who is just wearing chokers. It's too many dudes. You know what I'm saying? Who Who's who doing all this weird shit. Lil Wop, a nigga named Lil Wap is now transgender. Have no problem with him turning transgender. But you're not finna tell me that the male image is masculine when it's a whole bunch of niggas turning, turning uh, chick, turning female. You can't. Caitlyn Jenner exists. You can't tell me that the male image is masculine. You just can't do that. I want to play something for y'all. Because I always come over and I talk about, you know what I'm saying, um, New Orleans culture, them no them New Orleans niggas is it's it's is it's it's a different breed type niggas. I've talked about Kevin Gates, I just talked about Lil Wayne and Birdman kissing. I told y'all about NBA young boy I don't know if he's the most gangster nigga in the world or he's the most gayest nigga in the world. That video that that 38 straight, I don't think 10. That shit cool. It's a nice little energy, is nice. But I will never every time I watch that video, it, it blows my mind. How close these niggas is to each other? I've been around my homeboys. I sat on couches with my homeboys. I've never sat right next to my homeboy on the couch if the other side of the couch is free. I've never done it. I don't feel comfortable just sitting and standing next to niggas when there's plenty of space and opportunity. I don't I don't I don't feel comfortable like that. NBA young boy throughout the years has ex- has exhibited some very sassy ass behavior. Kissing niggas on the side their heads Dying his fingernails Wearing those damn dominatrix masks This shit is This documented August Alcina This is documented shit These New Orleans niggas is different Listen to this fucking clip from Kevin Gates, man Hey, but do me two favors Find me two niggas Find me that nigga that can say I told him And find me that nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me What? wow what? 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 Yo, before I go any further, let me remind y'all, man. For the bitches, nigga. 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 Jesus what? Christ! I've never in my in my life, never in my life, have I even thought the words to say. Yo, go find a nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me. What? What? What type of rumors are going on about you, Kevin Gates? I've never fixed my lips. Look, I've never never fixed my lips, my nigga, to say, go find a nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me. You know what I think of when I hear shit like that, Mr. Gates? I think of that scene with Janet Jackson and Maury Hardwick when she said, oh, so, so you doing the fucking? That's what I think of. So how can you bend a man over? And that nigga said, how can you think I'll do some shit like that? I ain't fucking, I, I ain't no man bending me over. And she said, oh, so, so, so you doing the fucking? Like that's what I think of <laughs> when I think of Kevin Gates talking about go find a nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me. I remember seeing a clip a few months ago about the transgender chick that came out and said she was sucking Kevin Gates' dick. I remember, I I chose not to bring it on the podcast, bro. I don't remember. Did I I, I leave it out? I think I did leave. I chose not to bring it up because it sounded like some weird shit. I believed it, but it sounded too weird for my liking. It sounded like he didn't know she was a transgender until he was down there eating the pussy. And then he kind of was like, oh. That's when I was like, oh, what the fuck? But I tried to leave it alone because it was all allegations. But now you come out with a video talking about go find a nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me. That's leading me to believe you stuck your dick in niggas. Wow. And hey man, for the bitches, nigga. bitches, for the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches. I just remind you. <laughs> Cause this nigga Kevin Gates is wilding. But this is the but then I thought about it. Cause you know, I'm a comment section. Nigga, I love going to the comments and seeing what people are talking about. To see if people are like-minded type shit, right? There's plenty of people saying pause on what he's saying. But there's plenty of people defending him. And then I had to take a step back on say, So what, what are people defending? What are people attacking? What, what is the actual problem here? And I thought about, yo, is it wild for Kevin Gates to say, yo, go find a nigga that can say he stuck his dick in me? Yes. It's absolutely wild. It, it, it's wild now. It's the Nick Cannon's behind us. He has to be. But then at the same time, when I think about the state of the male image in 2023, that's not that far-fetched. Nigga, just a few years ago, niggas was probably saying they was smoking on dicks. Niggas was looking at extendo blunts and saying they smoking on dicks. Niggas was shooting guns with extendo mags and saying them was dicks. I got a Glock with a dick on it. Niggas was just proudly saying this. Niggas was just proudly saying this, bro. To say you was smoking on dicks. To say you was, shoot, you got a Glock with a dick. And it'll fuck you. All this shit was gay. Very much gay. There's nothing heterosexual about that. To say you're smoking a dick is wild, buddy. Because you're then saying you put a dick up to your lips. That's crazy. To say your gun has a dick on it and you fucking niggas is crazy. I'm sorry. It's crazy. To see these rappers wearing dresses and dying their fingernails and these being dudes' favorite artists. But I was just at the barbershop, right? You know what I'm saying? Getting the line up. I know it look good. Thank you very much. And there was some niggas in there claiming to be OTF, claiming they, they was tapped in with dirt. And they was riding niggas nuts. Something crazy. Some crazy. And as they lived, they, their life was the, his life, basically. And then when you see niggas being infatuated with other niggas, it's not too shocking to hear Kevin Gates talking about, yo, go find niggas and say, I fucked them. It's not too shocking. But for a nigga who, can, who, who who believes he's on the outside of that world, this shit is disturbing to me. That niggas is just this openly and, and free with their gayness. But niggas is claiming to be gangster. I'm so confused. Every nigga that you can say that they can claim to be gangster, that claim to this in time, and claim to shot niggas, claim to kill niggas, claim to sold dope, claim to be the plug's daughter. All these niggas that claim to be this shit, and even you had a uh, even if it was a dash of, of, of truth in there, you believed them. All these niggas look gay. All these niggas look like they on some on some down low shit. They all saying some weird shit. I'm confused at this point. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Kevin Gates, I just my is a huge Kevin Gates fan. He, this nigga told me Kevin Gates was a new Michael Jackson with a lean problem. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I've never, I, I, I like Kevin Gates. But he loses me when he gets to this booty goon shit. I can't deal with this shit, brother. New Orleans niggas is a different motherfucking breed, man. They truly is. Speaking of Michael Jackson, I, I, I do want to talk about this though before I, before I move on because oh, I've been wanting to talk about this for a minute. Speaking of Michael Jackson, the nigga told me Kevin Gates was Michael Jackson with a lane probably. Can you believe that bullshit? <laughs> but speaking of Michael Jackson, but you know I'm a huge Prince guy. Right? I'm a huge Prince guy. Like, Michael Jackson didn't get no play in my family. I believe he did all that shit. Niggas say OJ did it, then Michael Jackson did that shit, bro. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever given Michael Jackson the true credit of being a true nigga and stepping on white folks' necks. You know, what is Michael Jackson known for? Michael Jackson is known for being the greatest entertainer of all time. Like, can Michael Jackson sing like a motherfucker? Absolutely. Michael Jackson can absolutely sing. But Michael Jackson, I think what made Michael Jackson so different is not only his singing capabilities, but his dancing capabilities, his, his actual performance. Because don't get me wrong, like, Is he a great singer? Absolutely. But I don't think that he would be recognized worldwide as buried and Prince as he as it seems he is if he didn't have the dancer aspect with it. Because me personally, I think Prince is better than Michael Jackson. Me personally. I'm, a, I'm an instrument actually. That nigga played all those instruments. He did all that shit. Until Michael Jackson said he got a purple ring, my nigga, I'm sorry. That movie's fucking phenomenal. But i'm an instrument ass i enjoy the nigga that's playing all and playing those instruments and writing that music michael jackson wasn't writing that music michael jackson was literally just performing that fucking music and i'm not trying knocking and say like that's not making him an artist or nothing like that because you will have to be a fool to say michael jackson isn't truly a motherfucking artist but what made him so great is the signature moves that we all know the moonwalk the leaning hella forward the Grabbing the crotch and kicking and shit like that, the grabbing the crotch and pumping and shit like that. Like we all know those moves. Like if you see anybody doing those moves, they're doing Michael Jackson. They're doing Michael Jackson. But I think it's it was interesting for me to come across information for all those moves, for all those dance moves that we give Michael Jackson credit for. It may have been stolen. You know, there's been viral clips going around. Hey, who did who did they say he stole this from? What's this man's name? This man's name is uh, Where's his name? Jesus Christ! I had this nigga name. It's Fosse. What is this nigga? Fosse? Here we go. Bob okay, not- his name is Bob fossey Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Bob Fosse. A lot of those moves, bro. There's viral clips going around of clips from Bob fossey who was a Broadway. I'm um, choreographer who was a Broadway performer and stuff like that. Doing these moves well before Michael Jackson did. It. Now Michael Jackson always came out said how he studied the arts and things of that nature, so he always kind of left the door open to say he got he received influence from other people. But all these moves, bro, the moonwalk, the lean forward, the step, the, the, the getting on your tippy toes, shit, everything that we know, when we when we identify as Michael Jackson's work bob Fosse did all this shit before he did now there's a part of me that wants to come in here and be like yo this nigga michael jackson's a fake because i'm a big prince guy this nigga michael jackson ain't shit he's not real niggas say drake a bitch he's a video. drake those right motherfucking me he was still in choreography choreography and the wise words of Justin hernandez but on the other side of me i have to applaud this shit because Black people have been getting fucked over by the white man since the dawn of fucking time, bro. Slavery, of course. So once you get past the, the, the horrific horrors of slavery, let's just get to regular everyday life at your workplace. We all know people who, who make inventions and then don't get it. Or the patent somehow end up in the white man's hands. We all know about the record labels, the fucked up contracts. We all know about the countless and countless of examples of, a, of African-American people being fucked over by the white men. Like, since I was a kid, I've always known and, and known and heard the saying of the white man got his foot on our neck. I've always heard that. And i always understood it. Since a kid, I've understood that. So as much as I want to say, yo, Michael Jackson's a fake ass nigga. He, he not original. He, he, he did that shit. He stole them moves and he had to fuck with them kids' booty hole. I can say all that shit, brother. But then I have to sit back and applaud that, yo, he took a white man's moves and made that shit his own and became the greatest of all time. It's beautiful to see because the KFC did it. If KFC can steal a black woman's recipe and become this fucking billion-dollar conglomerate, why the fuck Michael Jackson can't steal a white man's dance move and become this billion-dollar fucking conglomerate? What's the fuck is the problem? Wow. What the fuck is the problem? <laughs> but then I also have to think about don't Michael Jackson own the Beatles or some shit like that? Like, don't Michael Jackson own like the right, the, the music rights or some shit like that? They cow all to the Beatles? Like Michael Jackson owned a lot of these white folks shit. And I don't think we ever truly gave Michael Jackson the credit for stepping on these white folks' neck for being a true nigga. We never truly gave him, and we always talked about how he wanted to be white. That that fuck that that story of Venilago. That nigga went from looking like the realest nigga in the world to looking like the the, the fakest cracker in the world. I'm sorry, I had to say cracker. Wow, <laughs> I had to say the c word. I'm sorry. <laughs> But he looked from he went from being a big nose nigga, a big nose dancing boogaloo nigga with a fro, to a nigga with curly with, with curls, nose jobs and bleached skin. We all we focused on that, and rightfully motherfucking so. We focused on that, and we focused on the 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 the, 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 uh, the accusations and allegations that I truly believe because. A uh, motherfucking little boy, so they can he can identify that nigga's balls, the birthmark on that nigga's balls. And I told you time and time again, I can't even identify my own balls. You just put my balls on a wall full of balls, dog. I can't confidently step up to a wall full of 100 sets of balls and pick out my balls. I'm sorry. I don't even look, bro. I don't examine my balls like that. <laughs> like I'm sorry. <laughs> From the little kid, so he can identify a niggas' balls. And he did that shit. So we focused on all that shit. We focused on him being this huge star, being this huge megastar, being of the, the, the most famous man in fucking history, damn there. We never truly focused on this man stepping on white folks next. That's a big fucking step, bro. I'm sorry. To take a white man's dance moves and and now everybody knows them as yours. To take the biggest group of all time, a white group of all time, and buy they shit. Is it the Beatles? Is it the Beatles? Hold on, bro. I gotta look this shit up, bro. Who does Michael did Michael Jackson own the Beatles? Because I feel like that's that's a little wild for me. You just keep saying that shit. And it's not true. Hold on, bro. This is all lie, bro. We got did Michael Jackson turn that shit off? Michael Jackson owned the Beatles. Okay, on August 14th, 1985, Michael Jackson astonishingly paid a whopping 47.5 million to own the entire back catalog material by the motherfucking me Beatles, which a move which angered Paul McCartney no end when he was very the very person who told Michael Jackson about the auction in the first place. And quite frankly, felt betrayed. So think about that. This nigga Michael Jackson owned a catalog to the Beatles, my nigga. The fucking Beatles. A black man owned a catalog to the Beatles. Think about that shit. The nigga Paul McCartney was pissed off. stepping on white folks' necks. Fuck. oh, Bob Foxy, I like that moonwalk, nigga. Give me that shit. Oh, you stepping on your tippy toes? Give me that shit. Oh, you're grabbing your dick? Oh, give me that shit. Pause. He, nigga, Michael Jackson was robbing white folks blind, bro. Blind, bro. Think I paid $47.5 million for some white folks shit. How much you think the Beatles catalog is worth now? How much you think the Beatles catalog is worth now? And I remember looking up alone like a few years ago about all the shit that Michael Jackson owned. Michael Jackson owned a lot of shit, bro. Michael Jackson owned a lot of these people's shit. Like a lot of these people that's musicians and shit like that. He owned a lot of that shit, bro. Let me see. Uh fuck it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna look into all that. But we never truly gave Michael Jackson the credit he deserved for that shit. I can like so you can come over here and try to call Michael Jackson a, a thief for stealing Bob Fosse moves and saying he was highly influenced by Bob Fosse. Okay, what the fuck ever. But at this point in time, fuck Bob Fosse. He ain't no Michael fucking Jackson. That's just the truth. That's that's the truth for the matter. If white folks, if KFC can still be KFC, then Michael motherfucking me Jackson can still be Michael motherfucking Jackson. Real talk. Um <laughs> but moving on, man. Um, let's get into. You know, I want to get into the different, the different ways I treat the women um, I met organically and the women I met online. And I want you guys to stick with me. Hopefully, I can bring this all together. You know, and, and nowadays, we have social media. We have dating apps and stuff like that. I remember when I first moved, out to Arizona. I was big on dating apps. Bro. I was on Tinder. I was on Plenty of Fish. I was on um, whatever the fuck else there was at that time. I was on to that shit when I first moved out because it's like, yeah, nigga, like, shit, I'm trying to, I, my dick get hard, but I'm still trying to fuck. Like, I'm trying to meet some chicks, like, type shit. And I met a few women. I think I, it's like one, I think it's only one chick that I met um, on a day nap from back then. I still talk to her. Uh, well, not, like, consistently, but we still pretty much cool. Um, I don't really, I'm not into that shit. I I don't know what it is, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. I've had plenty of people come to me and tell me about um, catfish apps with my pictures and stuff like that. Like people have been using my pictures to catfish people for a few years now. Like it's like some church, it's like some church, um, like some church sites and shit, like some some Holy Trinity sites and shit like that. People have been using my pictures and shit on. I'm supposed to be some nigga named Ricky. Like it's it's a lot, bro. It's a lot going on going on out here in Arizona that I just don't know about. <laughs> I'm supposed to be some nigga named Ricky, bro. This is wild. But I'm not that big into using that shit. Social media and day naps when it comes to meeting women. Because I don't really think that shit is real. Like I don't really I when I was younger, bro, when I was on Facebook, the Bebo, and you know what I'm saying, MySpace Days and shit like that. I was big into talking to women on social media. But the thing is, the women I was talking to on social media, I really knew them in real life. Like on Bebo and all that, Bebo, MySpace, Twitter, and Facebook, when all that shit first came, bro. Even Instagram to a certain extent. I didn't follow a bunch of people I didn't know. I even don't I don't even do that shit now. I follow like some celebrities and shit, but I don't follow people I just don't know. To me, that shit is weird too. I'm not gonna lie, to, you. to me, that shit is weird. So when it comes to meeting new people on social media, I never really took that shit serious. I've always valued the relationships I've, 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 uh, I've created with women that I've met organically. I don't know what if I'm out and about at a store, at a gym, anywhere out and about, and I meet a woman in person at a dispensary or something. That's why I met my ex girlfriend. I married a fucking dispensary. The last fucking four, five chicks I met on some serious shit, I met at a fucking dispensary. It's something about those organic relationships that I even, it's like I don't even let those go as easy as I do the women I meet online. Like the women that I meet in real life, and we meet up organically, we build that connection, that bond, and I can see it. I truly fuck with you. Those relationships last like seven years, but I'm not even gonna bullshit you. It's not some shit that I plan, but it's like it's on. Those are the people. Those are the women I go on and off with, on and off, on and off, on and off. I revolve, I revolve those doors type shit. But the women that I meet online, that be in my DMs, and you know, like shit like that, I don't look at those seriously. Because like, bitch, you ain't really even talking about, I don't, you are just entertainment right now. That's truly what I think about that shit. And it took me into like a couple of days, like a couple of days, and I really just thought about like, the women that, that I meet on, that talk to me all day online, I don't even like, those conversations really don't hit the same as the people that I meet and I know that get to know me in real life that I feel like taking the time out there, they to truly fuck with me. When you just fucking, when you just talking to me on social media, that shit ain't, what the fuck? you just a, a number. you just a follower at that point. But the women I meet in real life, but it just hit different. I don't know what. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. what It hits a little bit different. But I truly cherish the organic relationships nowadays. Like, I can't do the social media, the Tinder, the, the swipe left, swipe right. I can't take a chance on love like you niggas. <laughs> I can't take that chance like y'all, bro. I grew up in the era of stranger danger. I grew up and don't get in everybody's car. Like, so I, I'm not an Uber nigga. I'm not none of that shit. Man, I'm just old school to the core, damn near. <laughs> I'm just old school to the motherfucking core, bro. I can't do the I can't do the, the the social media link-ups, man. You can you can drop as many emojis as you want. You can like my pictures as many as you want. It's not gonna develop into nothing serious, man. I'm being it is truly not. I might I might knock your block off. I may let you feel the penis, but. On some serious shit, nah, I can't do that, I just can't do it. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk. I'm right, moving on. Let's get into American sick, sick obsession with celebrities. I kind of touched on a little bit earlier when I was at the bar, but not you about the, at the barbershop with the OTF niggas, um, who claim to be OTF niggas, who claim to be tapped in with Lil Durkin King Juan and shit like that. Of course, you know me. I ain't, I ain't minced no words for nobody. Everything I said on this podcast, I said in that barbershop that them you know, niggas is on some. King Von died on some crash dummy shit. It wouldn't make sense for a little dirt to even try to get some get back on on fucking uh, NBA young boy and them because the shit don't make sense. You'll be throwing your whole life away and what you worked hard for over some crash dummy ass shit. But it made me think about people, Americans' sick obsession with celebrities. And the reason why I say Americans because I don't think it's the same with every other country. I don't think other countries view celebrities the way we do. Like We we truly hang on to every word celebrities say. Now, it could be like that in other countries. I'm not going to lie to you. I think celebrities have huge influence everywhere. Everywhere. But I think in America, bro, the, the infatuation with, with celebrities' lifestyles has taken the everyday common folk, everyday Joe, the essential workers, the people who work nine to five, the quote-unquote average Joe, has taken those people and made them compete with celebrities, and it's, it's 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 a fight that you're never going to win. But the infatuation with celebrities' lifestyle—that's what Instagram has done. Instagram, to me, has really just made Americans really think that they can fuck, they can compete with celebrities. It's made everybody feel that they're a celebrity. If you notice, everybody got a camera. Everybody has a camera. But you haven't just been walking down the street like real shit. You ever just been walking down the street or walking in the mall, walking wherever you at, and you see somebody walking down this cameras and shit following them, they a vlogging or some shit like that. They getting that celebrity, they getting that celebrity feel. Because who what comes to your mind when you see people walking down somewhere and these cameras behind them? Papa, you think it's paparazzi. But nowadays, this nigga's with people with vlogs with cameras and everything. So everybody's living damn near the same lifestyle. I remember a few years ago. <laughs> When I first got my, uh, I got my Jeep Grand Cherokee, bro. I remember when I first got my Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? It's motherfucking hard. You know, I was flexing with that bitch. But then I started seeing like, all these rappers and shit getting Jeep Grand Cherokees. Now, Grant, they should have Hellcats. It was a Hellcat engine. Hellcat engine. So it was probably like 60000 more. But who gives a fuck about a Hellcat engine when you are not driving fast? So for a nigga with my mentality, my nigga, we driving the same car. My nigga, you, you a rapper in the Grand Cherokee. I'm a nigga at a corporate job with a fucking Grand Cherokee. And then you start, when you get on social media and you see the niggas that these rappers is, that these rappers, um, the the, the the rappers that these bitches is, the niggas that's fucking these bitches on social media as rappers, these niggas is fucking, is fucking regular bitches. They fucking regular bitches who, who, who appear to be glowed up on social media. I fucking them same bitches. So immensely it, it makes you think you're competing with these rappers. You think you live in the same lifestyle as these rappers. You start to try to go to the same places these rappers are going. You see it every day on social media. You want to be a club hopper. You see it everywhere you go. Everybody is infatuated with these motherfuckers lives. Everybody knows more about rappers and these celebrities lives than they do their own fucking life. Everybody do. You seen the skit with Drewski when he talking about Joe S. G. Herbo. Him. Everybody knows more about these celebrities' lives than they do. And I the first thing that happened when I walked into the barbershop, what do you think niggas asked? Niggas didn't ask me how my day was going. Niggas didn't ask me shit. Niggas, like, nigga, little dirt or he be a young boy. Who's the guy? What the fuck? I don't even know you niggas. What the how you doing, bitch ass nigga? How do you too, nigga? But that's what niggas is into. And as soon as it got to that, niggas somehow me how he was so tapped in with Lil dirt. How little Dirk's a great father. How how little Dirk trying to save the kids. Hey, they told me all this shit that little Dirk is trying to do positively in the community. But niggas couldn't tell me right for left on where they fuck their kids at. Niggas couldn't niggas couldn't pinpoint exactly where the fuck their kids was at. But was telling me how much of a great father little Dirk was. How much of a stand up guy King Von was. But they couldn't tell me shit about themselves. Niggas is infatuated with celebrities, but it's crazy. And Look, man, I mean, I guess it's the it's the it's the it's the cars that niggas is dealt, man. It, it's it's the when you get into this lifestyle, man, when you impact people, impact people's lives, I guess. That's the that's the other side of it. Of course, we always think about the the good side of impacting people's lives. And, you know, people, they tell you, oh, man, thank you. you. You saved my life. Man, you got me out of tough times. We just think it stops at that. You know what I mean? We always think it just stops at oh, a motherfucker got you out of a tough time. Nah. Well, you when when people get them, people have tough times, and then people start to become invested into that into said person. They become invested into said person. So it's like on one hand, I, 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 I get creeped out by this shit, but on the other hand, that's the life I kind of want. That's what comes with the lifestyle that I'm that I'm that I'm that I'm trying to get. What comes with my lifestyle right now is that I impact a lot of lives, bro. And just call it what it is. Let me take the time. To let you know, hatching pass a lot of lives. I get a lot of DMs from a lot of people, bro. A lot of people, bro. And a lot of them, I don't even feel comfortable like reposting and stuff like that because what they telling me is personal. Like, they telling me straight personal shit that they was going through. that I had to get them through, and I just always want to keep those like on some me and them type shit because I always want to cherish that moment. let them know, I'm a regular nigga too. Like I'm responding to you. I'm going to read your shit and all that. I impact a lot of lives, bro. When people is telling you that, yo, I'm going through this and I'm going through that and I'm looking forward to this episode, yo, yo, axe man, like, please tell me you're dropping them all. Like, when I get those messages, I understand that, yo, it just won't stop there. When other people come in contact with them people and and those people talk to them about them, about me. People gonna think that, yo, why do you act like you know this nigga? Why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like that? It's because nigga, I've impacted them in ways that everyday people that they know don't. They feel a connection to me. So when I see the, when I, when I think about the niggas who was in the barbershop who was doing that about a little dirt, when I get on Instagram and I see the the, the, the chicks who just in fan clubs for every damn uh female entertainer, I understand it. When I see people's infatuation with celebrities, as much as it creeps me out, I totally fucking understand. Because us on the other side looking in, we forget and we think that it just stops that people impacting people's lives in a positive way. Well, now I'm a nigga, they, they fuck with that person heavy now. And now they feel like they know that person. It, it, it's truly wild, man. It's people, that, it's people that's tapped into this podcast, bro who has been tapped there since day one? Or who heard a nice a nice amount of episodes? Who truly think they fucking know me? Who truly think they know? But you 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 be If you could see my face when I be reading some of this, shut up! Like, hey, what the fuck? I be I be looking at my vents for cameras and shit. Like what the fuck? How does this nigga know this shit? Like how does she know this? How does he know? Like bro, if you if you could see the shit that people tell me, you would think that me and this person been. Rock and day, day Ones type shit. When I, these people on the other side of the country, it's, it's it's the wildest shit in the world, bro. It truly is, man. But Americans, I think it has it more than any other country, in my humble opinion, because I don't see it. I don't see the impact. I see the. I see them still cracking down on celebrities in other countries because you know other laws and shit like that. So I don't see it as much in you know Mexico and England and Europe and shit. I don't see it as much in those other and those other countries as I do in America, but Americans have a sick obsession with motherfucking Michelades, bro. Athletes and all, we really motherfucking do. Um, but moving on. You know, I want to get this disturbing, this disturbing um, news. I ca- I came across about this tech billionaire who spending millions of dollars to look young. I remember when you know rumors and shit was circulating about you know the people who. Um, We're using little kids' bloods and kidnapping the little kids and the millionaires. And there's a secret society using those kids to look, you know, maintain youth and stuff like that. Nobody truly believed the shit, right? When I came across this disturbing ass information about this man who was spending millions, two million dollars a year. Not only was he doing two million dollars a year, the nigga was he was taking his son's blood the fuck is let me find it real fast bro it's the wildest i've ever seen in my life bro damn where the fuck is it oh here you go um okay tech millionaire brian johnson spends two million a year to look younger including swapping blood with his teen son i'm looking at the picture of this nigga bro This is like the weirdest shop ever seen in my life man like even hearing it about a man swapping blood with his teen son to look younger, like that's that's wild to me. For a nigga to spend two million dollars a year to look younger, that's wild to me. I can't get past you swapping blood with your teen son. I don't think I can be the son, and my father comes to me, Tom Boston. I want to swap blood with you to look younger. No, nigga, you need to die one day. You gotta get the fuck on. You don't need to. I don't want to swap blood with you, brother. That don't sound The only time I'm giving niggas blood, it's like a blood transfusion. Like, niggas is dying type shit. We got the same blood type and you need it. I'm not giving you my blood so you can look younger. No. That's not how this life shit works. But then you look at the other pictures. It's like him. It's him in a tank top. Him's his son in a tank top with his head on his shoulder. And some old ass nigga behind this dude like caressing his abdomen with his other hair. It's like it's like some weird shit going on, brother. It's some weird shit going on out there. But then it's like. Why didn't we believe this when we was those when we was talking about those missing kids being useless exact same reason? Why didn't why didn't we believe that then? Because the story was too crazy. Because we thought, hey, there's no way there's missing kids out there, and they're being their blood is being taken out of them to make people look younger. Why didn't we believe that? I'm, 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 I'm with because I didn't believe it either. I thought there was no way in hell that people was kidnapping kids and draining them of their blood to look. Younger. I thought there was no way in hell until this niggas doing it. All I need to see is one. All I need is one example of a nigga truly doing this shit. If a nigga can do this shit proudly out and about, you can't tell me there isn't a a secret group of motherfuckers who's just doing it. I'm not trying to bring up conspiracies. I'm not a conspiracy theory nigga, but the question I have to ask all the friends of the fucking show, why didn't we believe it? Y'all ever heard the stories about the McDonald's shit? highlight like the McDouble. i remember when i was i was at work one day going crazy on the mcdouble to this day i, I stand by it. mcdouble's good as a motherfucker i don't give a fuck what the fuck you say about mcdonald's a mcdouble is good as fuck i'm sorry i remember one day i was at work bashing some mcdonald's type shit right and one of my co-workers came to me and she was giving me this huge conspiracy theory about how missing kids is is, is what they use for mcdonald's food now granted I don't want to bore all the friends at the show. (laughs) I don't want to go into this huge conspiracy theory bullshit about your McNuggets is a fucking little kid. (laughs) I don't want to go into that. But I remember her talking about them. I remember her pulling up articles and shit like that. And it was a bunch of people who truly believed that McDonald's was using fucking missing kids and missing children and putting them into their fucking food. I truly, look, I'm not going to bullshit you. I know I smoke a lot of weed, but she pulled up straight articles, like straight articles. Let me see if I can pull one up now. She was pulling up straight articles, fam, about fucking this blasphemy. I I couldn't believe it. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. But I couldn't believe it, but now I'm looking at niggas. Let me see. McDonald's, Uh, missing kids. Let me see. Missing kids McDonald's meat. Let me see. What's this shit? Right, so this is a bunch of okay, this is a bunch of like shit that's going viral on TikTok, a bunch of clips and stuff on TikTok. When she showed me this shit, it was a bunch it's like an article. Motherfuckers finding teeth in their McDonald's food, motherfuckers finding all types of shit. People is truly thinking that the haunt dog... The disappearance of these kids, that was being found in fucking McDonald's food. Now, granted, I don't want to get into that. That's that's a lot of motherfucking me shit. That's like a, a deep rabbit hole type shit. I still eat McDonald's, right? I don't want to fuck them kids. <laughs> but why don't we believe certain shit? We we quickly dismiss certain shit. Like there's no way you can come to me on a on a, on a random Monday trying tell me that. Niggas is swapping uh, little kids' bloods to let like, to make them look young. I would have never believed it until I come across this fucking tech millionaire. This tech millionaire who's spending two million a motherfucking year, Brian Johnson, and he looks young as fuck. Like he looks young as fuck. This is some creepy shit, but we live in that's why I say, bro. When you get sir, when you reach a certain tax bracket, you just get you just get introduced to a whole nother world, bro. There's not a broke nigga in sight who, who would ever thought that was possible. There's not a, a average nigga that's working a nine to five job who would think some shit like that is possible. But once you reach a certain tax bracket, bro, you get introduced to the dark side of the world, and that's the tip of the motherfucking iceberg, bro. I told y'all my fear with technology my fear with fucking artificial intelligence. I just seen that uh, the FDA has approved Elon Musk, his fucking brain implants that's, that, 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 that intends to cure obesity and depression. How the fuck is you going to cure obesity? You finna have an implant in somebody's head to stop them from eating? Come, that, was, that sounds right to y'all? That's That sounds normal to y'all? Like, this technology shit scares the fuck out of me, man. To knowing that people with money just throwing money around and do shit like that, with this niggas doing this blood shit. When you see niggas like Elon Musk starting to try to tap into this brain, this brain implant shit. Like, man, I don't know what happened to the underground fucking highway in LA, bro. Why? What happened to the underground uh, highway in LA? Why isn't that up and running yet? I don't want the nigga who was just building underground highways to now be tampering with, with, with niggas' brains and shit. Like. I'm not comfortable. (laughs) I am not comfortable whatsoever ever, bro. Real motherfucking talk. Um, but moving on. You know, what we over an hour into this? Yeah, we we well over an hour into this. Um, well over into the hour of this podcast. We're into this episode, episode 146, great episode so far. You know, I want to get into you know, success, personal success, you know. You can't ever really let people define your success. You know, I come around all the time, tell you with my with my platform. It's not the biggest platform of all time. Like it's just not. Like I don't. I don't when I first got into this, I had plenty of goals that I wrote down. That I wanted to knock off within the first year of this podcast because I that's what I would. Def, what, that's what, if I would have did certain things, hit those those uh goals and those check marks within that year and time frame that I set, I would have deemed it a success. But as I started to go along, get on this journey, I started to see the people I was impacting who just from, I was impacting them just from me being me, like that shit was blowing me away. So that's what I was starting to define as my success. When I was starting to realize that, okay, yeah, I'm doing this to to get shit off my chest and, you know what I'm saying, go through my self-therapy, but I'm also helping other motherfucking people. So it didn't matter if it was only one person a week, one person a month, one person every few months telling me that shit, that shit was defining my success. It wasn't about how many numbers and how many viral moments I can get. Yeah, we all want that. But what's the impact that you have on the people? And I can I can proudly say that I'm, I've impacted people's lives. It went from impacting people in my family, impacting people in my close circle, my close friend, to impacting people around the fucking country, and then impacting people around the fucking world. Who would have fucking thunk it? For me coming on here talking my bullshit and cussing and talking about shit I barely even know about. It. Who would have fucking thunk it? So you can't let people define your success. The reason why I bring this up on the podcast is because you know I came across a very astounding information. You know I told y'all growing up I had people that influenced me in very positive ways. Um, uh, what who was the person who really wanted me to get behind a microphone and be myself was Stephen A. Smith. I always wanted to be on ESPN and talking sports. If you want to, if people want to sit down and talk sports with me, I can talk sports all day. I can talk sports all day. I'm really thinking about starting a sports podcast in a few weeks type shit. I'm really thinking about doing it. But Stephen A. Smith was the influence for me to want to get on, behind a microphone. Jamie Foxx was the reason I wanted to get on TV. Stephen A. Smith is why I wanted to get behind a microphone. And we've all known Stephen, even if you don't watch sports, you know Stephen A. Smith. You know who he is, especially if you're black. Now, if you white, I don't know. But if you're black, you know Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith just came out. He, he, he revealed something I'd never known. Stephen A. Smith revealed that he's never been nominated for an Emmy. Wow. Think about that. Stephen A. Smith. The man who's been who's been the face of ESPN, nigga, for years. For years. You can't think of ESPN and not think of Stephen A. Smith. You can't even think of, of, of basketball and not think of Stephen A. Smith. And to think Stephen A. Smith has never been nominated for any when all he does is be on TV. You can't sit there and tell him he's not great at what he does. He, no matter if you agree with what he's saying or not, you can't sit here and tell me he's not great at what he does. So when I think about that, and I can't, I, I, I think they say Ryan Clark just won one round of applause from Ryan Clark. Great, he, 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 he's he's been great. Ryan Clark has been great on television the last year and a half, two years. I give him that. Ryan Clark has been magnificent. We all know about the NBA on TNT, the Ernie's, the Shaq, the Charles, um, and Kenny Smith. We all know about them winning Emmys after Emmys every motherfucking year. They win, they win every damn year. Rightfully so. It's a great show, entertaining. But to think Stephen A. Smith, okay, tell me Stephen A. Smith has never won an Emmy. Okay. Kobe Bryant has an Emmy, bro. Do y'all know Kobe got an Emmy? They always talk about the Oscar Kobe got. Kobe got an Oscar. And a fucking Emmy. He has an Oscar and an Emmy. So when you tell me Stephen A. Smith don't have an Emmy, it's like, okay. It's it's a little bit weird. Because you're talking about somebody who's dominated sports television for for a decade. Stephen A. Smith got on first tape in 2012. He's dominated sports television for a decade. So when you tell me you don't have an Emmy, it's like, okay, that's a little bit weird. But to tell me that Stephen A. Smith has never been nominated for an Emmy, that's blasphemous. That right there is blasphemous. But that right there also lets you know you can't let anyone define your success. Because there's not a motherfucker in this world that can tell you that Stephen A. Smith isn't successful. That couldn't tell you that he's not a GOAT. When it comes to sports casting, sports television, he's the best ever. He's the guy. He's literally the greatest of all time when it comes to what he does. Anybody out here that gets on TV who tries to be the eloquent back guy using the big words, you know what I'm saying, with a little bit of swag, they're getting that from Stephen A. Smith. And he, he's the he's the guy who got other black men to look at TV and say, I can do that shit. And to think he's never even been nominated for a fucking Emmy is fucking treacherous, my nigga. So you can't let these people dictate and define what your success is, man. You have to be proud and, and, and content with yourself and, and be proud in the work you put in. You truly do. Because a lot of it's a lot of hard work that goes unnoticed. It, it, it's a shame. But it's a lot of hard work that truly goes unfucking noticed, bro. It, it truly is sad. Uh, but moving on, let's get into you know. We've always talked about, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to Michael Jordan. As great as a basketball player, he was, he was he wasn't really truly. For the niggas. we all know the famous quote: um, "Republicans buy sneakers too," which he, he was right. Like I feel him on that, but obviously you want you would you would have loved to have Michael Jordan in the support of black people a lot more. You know, why he was the face of the NBA, why he was actively playing in the NBA. Let's just say that he's done a lot these last couple of years when it comes to donating money and things of that nature. He's putting he's putting his money where his mouth is type shit. Um, so you, you you tip your hat to that. I think he's seen the the appreciation um, that LeBron James and them is getting. So he's he's like, damn, let me try to get in on that too. Whatever the reason he's doing it, don't matter. He's doing it type shit. But when it comes to why I bring it up on this episode is because we talked about those things with Michael Jordan, and we've always find ways to condemn him for those. I've never been the person to try to condemn a motherfucker for not speaking up on shit. They don't feel comfortable standing on. No, I look, if you stand for something, then you stand for something. But if you don't feel comfortable down that hill, I'm not going to call you a bitch ass nigga. I'm not going to do none of that. I can't expect everybody to want to do the things that I feel comfortable doing. I can't expect that. It took me a long time to, to in growing up and maturing to actually, you know, what I'm saying understand that. But that wasn't always the, the case. The reason why I bring this shit up today is because, you know, news came out about Stephen Curry. And Steph Curry won an award, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award. Um, And it's quite funny. Steph Curry won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award, the NBA announced. The award is given to the player who best embodies Abdul-Jabbar's message of civil rights, black empowerment, and racial equality. This came out after news had already come out about NBA uh, star Stephen Curry. He was pushing to block low-income housing (laughs) development from being constructed by his $30 million mansion. Wow. The topic, the name of this segment is is Steph Curry a new MJ? Honestly, I've never looked at Stephen Curry as the guy who was openly speaking about you know what I'm saying? Racial issues, about black people issues. Have I seen him make comments? Absolutely. But he's never been at the forefront of any of these discussions. This isn't about how great LeBron James is. LeBron isn't the only person who stands up for, you know what I'm saying, racial equality, racial inequality, um, black people. He isn't the only person that do it. Jalen Brown does it. Kyrie Irving does it. Dwayne Wade did it. Carmelo Anthony did it. Hell, Kobe even did it. So it's not about a LeBron James thing. My thing is you can't give a nigga an award that says he embodies everything that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. That he stands for. On, let me. Let me, let me. I'm going to read this shit again. I want to read this shit again. It says this award is given to the best player who embodies, I'm sorry, to the player who best embodies Abdul-Jabbar's message of civil rights, black empowerment, and racial, racial equality. When have you ever heard Steph, uh, Steph Curry do these things? And be in the forefront of the conversation. When have, now he may be doing some shit in the inner city communities I don't know about, but when have you ever seen that for him to win this award? Especially when you, hear, when you see news about Stephen Curry pushes to block the low-income housing development from being constructed behind his $30 million mansion. Now, granted, I'm with you. If I just spent $30 million on a mansion, I don't want a gang of niggas moving in behind me. I'm sorry. Get the fuck on. But at the same time, when I do that, I don't think I deserve to get a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award saying I stand for niggas getting they all they deserve. Like, like I don't think I should be the one receiving that award. But when you give niggas these awards, it it, 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 it it subtracts, it, it takes them out of being discussion of, okay, is he not the modern-day MJ? Because if this was LeBron James, niggas would totally understand. You've seen time and time again LeBron James stand up for the people. Time and time again have you seen. It. If it was Jalen Brown, if it was any other person, I would understand it. You can't give a nigga a, an award to say he's standing for black folks, but the nigga don't want black folks living with him. He, he don't want niggas living by him. You can't do that. I'm sorry. That's crossing the line. <laughs> That's just spitting in motherfuckers' faces, bro. All niggas can do is laugh at that point. Steph Curry may very well be the modern-day MJ. He's not going to say shit first. He's not going to do none of that shit. Once he's he going to see which way the wind blowing, and then he's going to go with that. You can't You can't act like this nigga is just He, he standing for the forefront for motherfuckers. He's not doing that. I'm not I'm not telling this nigga he should do that. But to give a nigga a war after he just told him after he just said he don't want to live next to niggas, that's crazy, brother. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) That's spinning our face, man. (laughs) Real talk. Um moving on before we get the fuck up out of here, man. Um (laughs) you know, time and time again, I've come on this podcast, bro, and I gave y'all updates about the young thug YSL Rico case. Um you know, I've told y'all time and time again, you if you want to find out the conditions that he's living under, just go and watch, you know what I'm saying, uh 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 60 Days In on your on Hulu. Just go watch it. That's where Young Thug is right now. You know, <laughs> I just want to take the time, man, for we wrap the podcast up so you pray for Young Thug, man. Just just, just pray for Young Thug. I mean, it's, it's not about you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not about Young Thug. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not he guilty or he innocent, whether or not you want him home or not, it's not even about that, man. What this is about is Young Thug. I can only imagine being a nigga who's worth millions, who can do whatever he want in life, who who can just be the guy. Young Thug reached the level that almost every fucking man in the world wants to reach. He reached the level of being the guy. He was just the guy. Young Thug was the guy. Young Thug went from being a guy, having millions, all the jewelry on his neck, jewelry on his wrist, be able to fuck whatever he wanted the fuck whatever he's into, being able to do whatever he wanted in life to now being in Fulton County Jail. And I want to let you know what type of niggas he's in there with right now. There was a man in Fulton County Jail who, who 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 was an inmate who was charged after digging a tunnel through walls to stab another nigga. Wow! Let me repeat that. He was charged for digging a tunnel through a fucking wall. Just to stab a nigga. Wow. A fucking tunnel. The same shit El Chapo used to fucking escape. He used this because he had beef with a nigga so much. He was so mad. So fucking mad. He built a tunnel to go shank the nigga. Wow. Wow. Young Thug went from being a millionaire free out here doing whatever the fuck he wanted to his fucking celly shaking niggas after building tunnels. Man, I found out on my knees when the law came up. You can't make this shit up, man. So when niggas ask me, Hash, bro, you think you can do time? No. I'm not the time serving nigga. And the wise words of Killmonger, throw me in the ocean like my ancestors because they knew death was buried in bondage. I'm not a time-serving nigga. I'm not the nigga that can be sitting in a cell with niggas who's that mad at another nigga that he would build a, a tunnel. He would dig a fucking tunnel through a wall, concrete walls. You know how mad you got to be. To fucking dig a tunnel? To go stab a nigga? Do you know how mad you have to be? Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. A tunnel? I'm thinking escape. Escape. Fresh air. Birds are chirping. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about beef with another nigga. I've never been. Do you know how mad you have to be? To dig a tunnel through a fucking wall, you still mad after you done that? To go stab a nigga? Come on, man, young thug brother. <laughs> look, man, I'm I'm not built for this street shit. I look, I I've I've gotten soft. I'm I can proudly admit that I've gotten soft. I don't want smoke with niggas, bro. Niggas is that mad. You digging holes through walls to go stab a nigga. You that mad. You that mad. Wow. <laughs> wow. I am blown the fuck away. I am really blown the fuck away, man. Real motherfucking talk, man. Pray, pray for young thug. <laughs> Real talk, man. Um, but with that being said, I think that's all we got. Uh episode 140, motherfucking me six. Let's go ahead and get through these topics real fast so make sure we ain't miss nothing. We got uh the fake side of being consecrated, the cost of living being there near, near deadly. Um, Kevin Gates being the male image of 2023, Michael Jackson stepping on white folks next. The different ways I treat women I met organically than online. Americans have a sick, sick obsession with celebrities. a uh, tech billionaire who's spending millions. To fucking look younger, bro. That's truly blowing my mind, bro. And we truly didn't believe that shit like that was even possible. Um, uh, you count people define success. Stephen a. Smith not getting the Emmy. Uh, Steph Curry being a new MJ. And Young Thug in there were fucking demons. <laughs> young Thug in there were fucking demons, b. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I think that's all I that motherfucking me got. Uh shit. Fuck it. With that being said, <laughs> DJ. Hit me Um right, Fuck it man know, <laughs> I give it up on this side man It's all love each way Never let him sidetrack with the bullshit Always keep the main thing the main thing Stay safe Stay sharp Stay sane I try an episode We out with this motherfucker <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. What's today, Saturday? Tomorrow I'm going to the uh, Larry June concert, right? Why is like everywhere I go these last couple days, everybody talking about that shit? Everybody talking about how they go going to this fucking concert. Nigga, my barber, nigga, the OTF niggas, <laughs> the OTF niggas said they going to that motherfucker. I'm at the dispensary motherfuckers talking about they going, the whole staff said they go going to that motherfucker my ex-girlfriend said she going to that motherfucker. Like everybody's going to this Larry June concert, bro. Right? I literally can't wait. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like it's gonna be a good little, a good little time, bro. Like I said, I'm Larry June probably my favorite artist right now. Like I've really been fucking Larry June tough the last like three, four years, bro. Like, so it's gonna be interesting. It should be a good vibe. His music is a it's a different vibe. So it shouldn't be no no fistica. Like, if a nigga fighting a Larry June concert, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. You niggas just sad. You niggas is miserable. <laughs> like it ain't a, it ain't a fucking eight oh eight in sight. You' fighting a Larry June concert, but you truly just a miserable ass nigga, man. But um, it should be a good time. Hopefully, it's a good time. Um, I'll definitely update you guys. You know, what I'm saying next episode. You know, to let y'all you know how the shit went. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I still don't know what the fuck I'm wearing, bro. Like I don't know what the fuck going on, bro. I had my fucking Baron Elevens, bro. I tried to pull out the closet. I forgot I even had them motherfuckers, but the motherfuckers is dirty as hell. The fucking the gum bottom is yellow as shit. Like hey, I don't even know what I'm wearing to this motherfucking me show, bro, but it should be interesting, bro. It should be a very good show. interesting to see who I bump into. I'm pretty sure I'm going to run into my ex-girlfriend and motherfucking man, so um, it should be very, very interesting. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she can try finesse her way to some dick or some shit like that. Man. I don't know. I'm celibate. <laughs> So, no, <laughs> nah, I'm just talking shit, man. <laughs> um but nah, it should be good though. It should be good. Um I ain't finna do shit, man. We finna wrap this fucking episode up. finna take my black ass out, man. Run a few errands, stop at Target and shit like that. Um, smoke some weed. <laughs> smoke some weed. Oh <laughs> um, nah, man. Fuck with your boy, man. All socials, man. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, TikTok, you know what I'm saying? Follow me on Rumble at OG Hatch. Follow your boy at on Rumble at OG Hatch. We finna start fucking live streaming on Rumble. I'm going to try trying to start making a new schedule about my live streaming. Um I record twice a week now on Wednesdays and uh uh Saturdays. Um since I record only twice a week, I do wanna and t- continue to improve the platform's notoriety and, and you know the, the public viewing of it and stuff like that. Um, So I think I may um, start doing live streaming on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Just going live um, or just doing my my Rumble shows. Who who knows? man? I got a lot of things I got to think about. Merch still coming. It's a lot of shit still coming with this platform, this podcast, man. So shout out to everybody that's been tapping since day one. That's been fucking with your boy. Who's being patient with your boy. All the friends of the show, you know I love you. It's all love. Never let them start checking with that bullshit, man. I know the fuck going on, man. Episode 140 motherfucking me six. Great episode. If I do say so, my motherfucking myself. But with that being said, we out this motherfucker. Hot your episode, bro. Peace.
1: Welcome to Raw
0: OT. O.G. Ask you, man, you know the fuck never playing with me, man. You dig.